Welcome to Color Me Dead. This is a true crime podcast, and we talk about murder and fuckery most foul in detail while using the darkest of humor. If you don't like words like fuck and cunt, then you probably shouldn't listen. But if you do, then join us while we fuck your feelings. Fergus, did you see it snowing in Ontario? I can't. I'm fucking stupid. Oh, did you see the snow? Oh, did you see the snow? <laughs> there I really can't. is snow today in Wisconsin. Oh, in Wisconsin? I can't Wisconsin either. I, like, I can't do we anything. Have, we gotta have Veronica do it. Yes. Like, when she gets off the phone with some... Off the phone. Off the phone. With some of her friends, <laughs> the the fucking Wisconsin zaps the, right back into her. The Wisconsin is heavy. It's pretty funny. Yeesh. So, kids, welcome back to another adventure of Color Me Dead with Angel Maze. And Nikki Toon. And we are on episode 52. 50 fucking two. Robert Picton, part two. Two. Duo. What is it? Undo. Do. Oh. Undo toi. Well, I was trying to think of something, but I couldn't think of anything clever to say because I was going to say duh, but we, I'm already done. That's all I've got. <laughs> Sorry. Fucking, I'm just a repeat person. <laughs> I have one thing. I have one accent. It's my own. <laughs> I can right. only think of funny things one time. <laughs> oh, God. You're getting no new material from me. So before we cut into this. Cut. <laughs> literally literally so before we cut into this turd pie <laughs> let's talk about some of our badass sponsors like studio sweden go to sudio.com and use promo code cmd at checkout for 15 percent off your order notice that it's a new promo code it's Correct. now cmd which is really easy to remember for, for 15% off you've got over the ears you've got earbuds they've got several different colors to choose from and now your over the ears come with interchangeable caps so you can change and redecorate your earbuds and your earphones and should we say congratulations to Nikki Lovato who won Oh, Such pair, yes. said pair on our Facebook contest. Yes, and we're going to be running another one here shortly. Um, so keep your ears open for that. Pay attention, motherfuckers. Motherfucker. There's 1,250 so. of you. Pay the fuck attention. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, congratulations, Nikki. I hope you super love these. They'll be going out sometime this week. Yeesh. Also, if you'd like to donate to our Patreon, you can go to patreon.com backslash color me dead podcast. We want to say thanks for, for thanks for how about we want to say thanks to our alpha dogs, Tiffany Piper, Clinton Toon, and Tracy Louder Keith, who is our newest alpha, alpha dog. dog. 
Fuck yeah. So, and we have some pretty cool perks. You've got t-shirts, lanyards, water bottles, signed photo prints, stickers. Of us. Of oh. the gory girls. Mm-hmm. So definitely go check that out. Every penny helps. And can I, I need to correct a few things because we're a couple of douchebags from last week. Yes. The comeback podcast that we mentioned, we couldn't remember Nick's co-host, and her name is Kelly. Kelly Hammonds. Yes. Sorry. Hi. Hi. <laughs> we you'll, suck. You'll meet us in person one day, and then you'll understand why we're such fuckwits. Yeah, you'll be like, oh, I get it. Oh, okay, that makes sense. You're the douchebag. That bag. makes sense. So on with our douchebaggery, we also called a podcast Learning to Cuss, which in all reality it is. But it's Learning to Curse Sorry. with Adam and Chuck. And we're going to be on their show soon. Soon, very soon. Watch for them. Watch for us on them. On them. If you want to meet us, you can come to Potter and Love. And Ooh, sorry, I know I we're so really we're both so excited. So excited. So excited. It's in New Orleans in August from the tenth to the twelfth. Yep. Yes. And uh, you guys can actually use a promo code color for ten percent off admission tickets. And I highly recommend it. It's going to be in the heart of the French Quarter. Um, you can also go to Potter and Love's website and uh, the home ho- hometel. The hometel. Hometel. The hotel accommodations uh, that they have listed are for the Intercontinental. Int- oh my God. Whoa. That's a betraying motherfucker you've got on your face. <laughs> I'm struggling today, dude. The Intercontinental, Mm -hmm. and they actually have uh, discounted room rates for Potter and Love attendees. That's $129 a night. And they're fucking nice rooms. They really are. That's a goddamn steal. And I mean, at the end of the day, it's you're in New Orleans. Yeah. So, I mean, come on. Their website is Potter.love. Yes. That is all. Potter Love 2018. Hope to see you guys there. Yay. 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 I know. <gasps> Three months away. I know. Yeesh. I'm so excited. So excited. So the book we used in this episode for most of the information was called, is called, On the Farm by Stevie Cameron. It's a big ass book and it's pretty, it's a good book. It, there's a lot of information. It's like 700. It's gigantic. Yeah, 700 pages. It's a lot to, it's a lot to handle. It's like a big woman. <laughs> Yeah, a lot to handle, but you're worth it. (laughs) Two hands. Two hands. (laughs) Last week, we had talked about the upbringing of Porkchop Rob and Douchebag Dave. (laughs) God, we're awesome. I love it. (laughs) We talked about smelly old Willie and his nasty ass meat in more ways than one. And his mom and dad at this point have now died. They died back to back, 78 and then 79. Yes. Cancer took both of them. I can't imagine why living in that filthy fucking bum hovel. For real. With barnyard animals in and out of there and just the filth and lack of hygiene and God only knows. Is that not normal? I mean, I don't know. I don't know. People probably think that about my house when they show up and there's like fucking snakes, cats, dogs. But they're contained. All you've got is hair. You've just got a hair problem. I know, I need a new vacuum. (laughs) Uh, We talked about Dave being a little bit more normal than Willie. 
And when we left you, we were talking about Willie dumping his questionable loads. <laughs> and that was at that rendering plant. Yeah, and the name of that place where they dumped said loads was called the West Coast Reduction. At this place, they would compress the trimmings and get the grease out of them to make shit like makeup and candy. Yay. Oh, no. I just wanted to give you that little tidbit before we started on. What's well, kind of like that scene out of Fight Club where he's stealing lard from like liposuctions from that yeah. one place and then making soap and selling it back to the same people? Yeah, this is what that's the kind of shit that Willie was taking his soap from the, in the early 90s. Anything. We could have washed ourselves with hookers. We could have <laughs> wore makeup of hookers. We could have eaten hooker candy. You don't know? Nobody knows. So it's if, not just like the gummy bears? that's safe. Yeah. Do, you, gummy do you like bear. gummy bears? Do you know where that, you know how that's made? Gelatin <laughs> from West Coast Reduction. I fucking hope not, but we will shortly be diving deeper into some of these questionable loads. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> First, we want to paint more pictures of what was going on while Willie was taking out these women left and right. The Picton Farm in Port Coquitlam became more disgusting by the day, and it looked like a dump by the 90s. And if you guys decide to go and watch any of these documentaries and you see the aerial like footage and it's photos, horrible. oh my God. I stared at a picture the other day for so long, like overanalyzing it. I'm like, just all ew. the shit. Yeah. Like outbuildings and vehicles and trash piles and just fucking garbage everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Dave had a construction um, a construction demolition business called P and B used materials, and a shit hauling business called DNS bulldozing. Such and, creative names. So creative. I don't. I know where DNS came from because that was Dave and I can't think of his girlfriend's name. Shelly or some Sh- shit. Fuck. I've read it eight thousand times. I, I know. Don't remember so what did it I. is. Whatever. Whatever her name was. Um, that was where his bulldozing came from, but P and B, he like bought somebody from somebody and it was already named that. Anyway, every morning before work, the guys would have breakfast at a stripper bar called the Golden Ears. It was owned by the Hells Angels and this is where Dave would hand out the daily work assignments. Mm -hmm. Do you think there were strippers like dancing or do you think that it was like the off hours? I, I mean, if you go to some of the, like the strip clubs in... Vegas or New Orleans or whatever, they don't really shut down. Like, I mean, I wouldn't mind having watching a stripper's ass while I ate my eggs. I wouldn't be pissed. Fucking bring me more bacon. My ass is getting bigger, but hers looks good. <laughs> <laughs> Dave was such a piece of shit with his bulldozing company that he would haul off. He hauled off con- con- contaminated soil from a certain job site that he was supposed to get rid of. And instead of getting rid of it, he took it to his house, mixed it with other soil, and delivered it out to other people. Like, this is the shit that people are using for their Gardens fertilizer. And- yeah. Jesus. Here, have your contaminated shit. He was always doing douchebag shit like that. And he would have his drivers go pick up full diesel tanks and bury them in the back of the farm. He'd have his employees steal cars as still cars for him as part of their job there were tons of people who hung out at the picton farm though 
most of them were shady ass partying sons mm-hmm. of bitches that stole everything. There was a lot of uh, bikers that hung out there as well. It was like a fucked up version of Cheers. After work, everybody showed up and hung out. Like, you want to go where everybody knows your name? <laughs> <Norm>. <laughs> yes. Willie would hang around sometimes trying to be friendly because he wasn't very fucking social. I can't imagine why. No. <laughs> he would always offer people his meat. And not his meat in his pants. The meat. His meat. The meat that he fucking butchered. Most people didn't take it, but one guy said, one guy that did take it, that was like, oh, he thinks. He said you couldn't fucking eat it. It was horrible, and it smelled awful. Was it like he gave it to him raw for them to cook, or was it cooked meat? Sometimes to be an asshole, he would give it to him raw. Like, somebody he told he was going to give some to once. He brought him just a pile of, like, nasty-ass whatever, just being a cunt. Like, here, have some meat. Ha, 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 ha. No, but most of them it was, like, packaged and, oh. yes, but not cooked. Okay. When he was trying to give it away. When he was trying to take some meat. Oh. It's a sex worker that's been in my freezer. Eat it. People who hung out there said Dave was super smart but acted like he was stupid, but he was actually really smart, so why? Why? I don't know. uh, Pick me. Pick me. I know. Yes. Okay. So, uh, I had a friend once upon a dream that was actually quite clever, and when tested, the IQ of said person was like borderline Mensa, like incredibly fucking smart. But this person would act super dumb because then people expected less out of them. That's what I was thinking. Because if he acts stupid, then people will think he's stupid and then there's no expectations. Even exactly. He's actually really smart. But yeah, that, that was his whole MO. He graduated early by like a year and a half, went to college was like working on his master's but then if you came to him and you were like hey can you help tutor me in calculus he's like oh yeah i, I, know. I can't i didn't i didn't know fuck i guess how i know and he kept everything under wraps like he people would be like oh what are you going to college for he's like oh, i'm not really going to college i'm just hanging out just hanging out smoking some weed taking some classes <laughs> yeah yeah. Dave had a guy that was his right-hand man, and his name was Bill Malone. He was paid by Dave to keep a close eye on the farm because they were all a bunch of paranoid motherfuckers. He would let Dave know who was coming and going. Well, I'm sure that a lot of those people were using... Oh, yeah. Now, people thought that he was gay, but everyone left him alone because he had Dave's protection. Strangely enough, he lived and still lives in the house where Tim Barrett's family lived, and that was the little 14-year-old kid that fucking Dave smashed. How weird is that? And his mom rolled him into the into the ditch. Fuckers. Where he died in a watery grave. Jesus Poor Christ. Kid. Bill always put up strange no trespassing <laughs> signs, and one of them said... Pitbull, <laughs> Pitbull with AIDS, no trespassing. And that was his idea. Like he was like, oh, I'm putting up no trespassing signs, and then he come up with shit like that. Who the fuck wants to trespass on the Picton farm? Who wants to hang out the whole time that I've been researching this shit? Like I wonder, because they're, they're like, then this person started hanging out. I'm like, fucking why though? Please tell I, me why. What enticed you to go out there? 
look, oh, look, let's start a, a group of people that have no personal hygiene and fucking hate cleaning. Yay, let's let's all band together. No, gross. Fucking hills have eyes. Uh-huh. Mister, would you play with us? Oh, my God. <laughs> That's so creepy. Creepy. The Pictons were super fucking paranoid, and because they were so sketchy, People, they, they always thought, like, people were stealing things from each other left and right. Um, were they? Oh, they were. Oh, so not only are they dirty, filthy idiots, but they're fucking kleptomaniacs, too. Oh, yeah. They're fucking thieves, liars, and whores. Uh, okay. Yeah. <sighs> Dave was stealing from everyone in Port Coquitlam, and all of his employees were stealing from him. So he's got, <laughs> he's paying people to go out and boogle cars and... But, and his employees are out there fucking jacking shit from him. Yeah, and then, and he's upset about it. Like, hmm, let's think about this. Well, start thinking about he, well, he wasn't paying them, or his checks would bounce. Yeah, they would be waiting at the end of the day to get their paycheck or whatever, and he wouldn't pay them to send them on their way. Or he's if like, he yeah, did, bye, see you tomorrow, or write him a funky ass check. Yeah. So then they started boogling shit and. Like, that's it, yeah. how we're going to get paid. Like, I'm going to get my money one way or the fuck other. Fuck me? No, fuck, fuck you. you. <laughs> he didn't have a lot of his employees long term, and it was mostly guys that would come for a job and yeah. then leave. He had a huge turnaround, which would be really sketchy. Like, if they were that paranoid, wouldn't you want to, like, a handful of decent, loyal people that could keep your fucking secrets instead of a horde of motherfuckers that just knew... What was, like, in, on, and around, and what was going on there? That was my thought. Exactly. I don't know. But instead, he would fuck the guys that he had come in for a day, or, or for a certain job, be like, I'll pay you this much, and never mind, I'm just, just kidding. kidding. I'm not going to pay you anything. Mm-hmm. on the whole deal. He bought a few motorhomes to put at the job sites and have people stay there to guard the site because they got robbed so often. Go figure. Because there were so many people in and out of the farm, Willie had like zero privacy because people were always going into the trailer, into his room. I mean, revolving door type thing. And they knew it pissed him off, so they went and did it. Like, they loved to piss him off. It that was would a be fun some, game. Like, if somebody wanted to make me mad, that's exactly how you do it. Oh, Go yeah. Go in my room. Go in my room and start going through my shit. Not that I have a whole lot in there, but I know where it is. Don't fucking touch it. <laughs> well, yeah, and these people, I mean, whatever they saw fit to take, they stole it. Yeah. And whatever they found, if they wanted it, it disappeared. Now... I don't know why anyone would want to go into that filthy, nasty-ass room besides the, you know, the horse head mounted to the friggin' wall and the overall nastiness. He had a mattress in the middle of the floor um, that he slept on, and that thing had a great big black stain. Have you seen the pictures? Yes. Uh. Dude, I have... Okay, because I have animals and nieces and nephews that are little and have been in my bed... There are stains on my mattress. It's usually like Kool-Aid or like a mud something, but I have a zipper cover. Like I can take it off and wash it. Yeah. But that mattress gave me fucking, I got bed bugs just looking at it. Oh yeah. And a little herpes. And the Gynocypha herpolades. Mm-hmm. All yeah. of it. All them. Sick. Anyway. People would go in there and take money out of his wallet and anything else they might want, but I think it was mostly just to piss him off. 
I don't know that he had any earthly possession that if I walked into that room, I was like, you know what? I think I want that um, Indian head penny that's stuck to the floor next to that funky ass mattress. No. No. Well, they usually took, because he would leave his wallet in there sometimes and they would just take cash out of his wallet. They would take his checkbook. They would take his credit cards. They would take anything. Because the dude was fucking loaded. He was an idiot. And he lived like he was poor. Mm-hmm. But he was fucking loaded. Well, Dave was so sick of having Willie in the house. And Dave's girlfriend at the time wanted him out as well. Side note, in 1989, Dave and his girlfriend went on vacation for the weekend. Taking their babysitter for Kathy's two young girls. When they returned, the babysitter vanished and was never found. After this, Kathy and the girls left the farm and never came back. Why would you want to live out there anyway? What? Wabut, who can't say his awes. Have you looked up what he looks like yet? You showed me. I couldn't remember. God. I can't. Now I can't get his. That image out of your face and him saying Wabut. Yeah. (laughs) Wabut, get your pigs. Wabut. (laughs) <laughs> you know your womb is nasty. <laughs> what is Let that noise? Mattress too. Why can't it stop? <laughs> God. Um, yes. you're, you've got the Muttley. I've got the Michael. Fuck. We're just fucked. <laughs> We're fucked. All right. But don't worry. He got a new girlfriend. And this is the one that wanted Willie out of the house. She was disgusted by the ground finger quote pork <laughs> that he, he would donate to the family for the groceries. Ugh. Since he was sick of people going through his shit and Dave was sick of him in the nasty ass house, they shared a bathroom and I guess it disgusted the imagine. fuck out of Dave. Sorry, I didn't mean to talk over the top oh, of you, you're but fine. I can just imagine like pubic Ugh. hair and diarrhea splatter oh, and yeah. shit everywhere. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. They decided that Willie could have one of those motorhomes to live in. They put it towards the back of the property, property, so he had a little, a little bit of his own spot. Dave had the farm to party and have all of his friends over, and Willie had privacy in the back where he could still be around people, but go to his own spot if he wanted to. But he let people stay in the motorhome with him sometimes, though. Fucking ill. Ill. Yeah. So I wonder what they did with that filthy ass mattress that was in the main house. Did they fucking burn it, I hope? They probably let people come and stay with them and, <sighs> like, stay in the mattress. Dude, that makes my stink wrinkle shudder. Just <laughs> fucking... <laughs> I'm tired right now. Imagine how tired I was if that is where I'm supposed to sleep. No. <laughs> Not gonna. Standing up, sleeping like yeah. a cow. Oh. Uh-huh. Like, will you just build something around me so I can stand up if I collapse? I'm still upright. Right? No. <clears throat> there was a woman named Tanya Carr uh, that was one of Dave's daughter's friends, and she'd been boarding her horse at the Picton Farm for years. She moved into the motorhome with Willie in early 1994 and lived there for about 18 months. Fun side note, we all know that women were vanishing and shit all over. Nobody disappeared during this time while Tanya Carr lived with him. Interesting. Tanya wasn't a girlfriend, and they didn't bang. She just lived there and helped out with Dave's business and cleaning and did laundry and whatever else needed done. Because apparently sometimes they swept shit out. Just saying. Like once a year. While she was living there, she said that Willie would sometimes not be home when she got there at night. 
She never knew where he was, and she didn't really ask. She just figured he was working late. Oh, he was working late, all right. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she ended up moving out to go live with her new boyfriend, but still came back to the farm to help out with the pigs. She said she knew nothing about the um, chicks he had been meeting and stuff down on the downtown east side, which is the place where all of the sex workers hang out. The downtown east side was the place by the... All I can think of is West Coast Customs, but we're not getting our it's car the fixed. Wen- <laughs> the Wendowing plant. The, the Wendowing plant that's on the on the downtown east side. West Coast. What is it? I don't know. What the fuck is it called? We just said it. Like, what the fuck is and wrong I've with us? I've written it like three times today. Questionable loads. <laughs> West Coast reduction. Thank you. For the love of Jesus. I, I know. The downtown east side was that part where they called, it was like um, prostitute row, basically. I think. Skid row. Yeah, They called it a lot of different things. In one of the documentaries I watched, they called it low tide. Yeah. Which is, that's really mean. Well, this was an area of town that they had made so that people who were sex workers or some of the people that got kicked out of the mental institute or whatever could just go live. It was like here. It was basically the town's way of taking out the trash is what. It's like the Rio Grande District out in Salt Lake where they had fucking Tent City. Yeah. Like here. And Go live here. And at, in those areas, they have the clean needles, and mm-hmm. they have different things like that. They also have, like, a rehab program there where you can go detox and everything, but it didn't have as much money because it, nobody wanted to really detox that was down there. Yeah. They just So that it was more clean needles and everything. But so when you hear us say the downtown east side, that is that area, and that's by where West Coast... Still thinking West Coast Customs. West Coast Reduction. West Coast Reduction. West Coast Reduction. <laughs> what West Coast Reduction is. Wobbit, are you going to West Coast Reduction? <laughs> it's all just right there, right there together. Okay. Okay, Dave. However, there was a woman that, okay, she didn't know what he was doing with the women from there. But she did know one of the women that worked there, and her name was Gina Houston, who was a con artist and a prostitute. And Gina first met Willie when he picked her friend-slash-sex worker, uh, Vicky Black, up. And he did his thing with her, whatever. Gina happened to be spotting that night, which is making sure that she makes it back safe, getting a vehicle description, getting the license plate numbers to make sure that nothing... Because at this point, there are so many people that are going missing. Like, the numbers have gone insane. And that's not just who's getting murdered that they're finding. This is missing, vanished people. Like, it's... They're gone. They're gone. They're all over. Let's keep Gina in our mind for later, okay? Just just put her in in your brain hole. Willie had become a regular in the downtown east side. My, and those were my that's, storytelling. I'm just going to leave it at that. All right. So the downtown east side, a.k.a. Skid Row, a.k.a. Low Tide, is where all of the sex workers are hanging out. And that's where they're going missing from. So it's probably a good thing that they had the fucking buddy spotting system at this point. And th- well, that's why they had it. Yeah. And he was just happened to be a regular there. Mm. And nobody... 
nobody put two and two together because he was just such a nice guy. Mm, he's always there to help people. At one point, Dave had a demolition project that took almost two years. Willie got sick of it and at the like the 40 minute commute every day was just too much for him to hang. So he just moved his motor home to North Vancouver at the end of the street where all of the sex workers were. He would go to the bar, drink Sprite or some shit, and pay for rounds of beer. If he was with a chick that he liked, he would toss her a 20 for drugs, and he always carried around that wad of cash. Always. No wonder people were breaking into his nasty-ass bedroom to fucking gank his cash. Sometimes he even talked them into driving out to the farm with him. Dun-dun-dun. Dun-dun. Willie's a shock. <laughs> Willie. <laughs> Wobbit, you're a shock. Wobbit. What are you doing with that young girl? <laughs> and it's only funny that he can't say his R's because he's such a douchebag. Yes. That is I'm all. Not, I'm not tripping on anybody's speech impediment if you not have Not at one. all. Just douchebag Dave. Just douchebag Dave. Do you remember Lisa Yells? That we talked about in the last episode. She was the little girl that Willie gave a package of hot dogs to at the store. They happened to cross paths again much later in life. Her son was friends with Dave's son, DJ. Yes, I think that was his oldest son. I, yeah, the the very first kid. Because remember they popped those mm-hmm. two kids right Yeah, out. like back to back. I think the boy was the oldest. The two boys were hanging out on New Year's Eve. They were so late... They were late, so Lisa called the farm to see if they knew where the boys were. Willie answered the phone and told Lisa that he would take care of it. He found the boys, took them home. Lisa was super grateful, and the two quickly became friends. Lisa ended up helping out on the farm as well. She ended up being the designated one to tell PCR when he got too stinky and needed a bath. Now, this is the, you're too fucking rank to be handled. Oh, yeah. Do, can I say the quote in my horrible Canadian accent? You most certainly can, because if she was being nice, she would say... You're getting a little ripe there. I think you need to take a bath and a change of clothes here, pal, because you're getting a little rude. <laughs> I I don't know what accent that was, but it wasn't no Canadian. I have no idea what it was I, either. I, seriously, we probably should have like reached out to one of our friends that is from Canada. We should have and had him. Can can you send us some voice clips? If we would have thought ahead, we would have done that. I know. Now we know. Now, and if you don't know, now you know. Yes. So, so, so. Now she was the designated friend to be like, "Yo, you need to go scrub the funk out of your ass." Because we can smell you from 16 feet away. Yeah. What a job to have. Oh, oh, Willie, you're getting a little rude. <laughs> I'm going to start saying that. <laughs> oh, you might need to take a shower. You're getting a little rude. That fart was a little rude. Hi, it's gone past... Theragas, it's gone past ripe. It's straight rude. Fuck me. Lisa would clean for him. Oh, God. And while he didn't like cleaning himself, he did like things clean. That's fair. I don't like cleaning either, but I like my house clean. I hate... If if I had somebody that showed up and was like, let me clean your shit. Okay. I'm not going to say no. I'm going to enjoy the shit out of it. Right? They didn't have a sexual relationship. They did cuddle every now and again. There were rumors that he couldn't get hard with real women. And... 
not real, but just like in, it, it, in a it, real situation is what right. that was not, supposed to mean. Not in like a domineering, I'm going to kill you next. It needs, yeah, he need, he needed a specific trigger to raise from raise 6 the flag. to midnight. That, that was the rumor, but she said that she didn't think that was true. Well, they would wake up together and he would have a boner so she just thought it was a bogus claim but i think that's just like that's a dude's anatomy that's like a it morning been wood a bitch. Boner. yeah you know what i mean like come on yeah so wait could we take a sidestep and think about cuddling with willie picton that's i don't what? want to I, I don't dude i'm to having bring... trouble sleeping anyways i don't need that nightmare fuel rolling around my fucking marbles uh uh, no, 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 thank you. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, I, no. I'm going to respectfully decline. Oh, no, pal. <laughs> I don't want your boner especially, in my back. <laughs> especially if she's the one to be telling him when he's ripe and rude. rude. Maybe that's how oh, she knows. She's the closest to him. Oh, God. If you no. want to cuddle tonight, pal, you better get unrude. <laughs> you kind of need to go get polite. <laughs> Jesus, no. She said that Willie also never clipped his toenails, but he always went to the dentist and kept his teeth in good condition. Okay. Isn't that weird? And I wonder if this stems back to his mom because their teeth were so fucking gross. Maybe where they were all rotted down to Mm -hmm. weird little nasty nubbies. Uh, He was like, no, no, I'll pass Uh, on that one. Nope. Okay, I'm going to have eagle talons tearing holes in my bed sheets. Yeah. But... I get a ro- routine checkup every six months. Look, no cavities. Ding. Can we imagine being his dentist, dentist. or the hygienist? Uh-huh. Oh, the but at least they could like wipe menthol in that little mm-hmm. mask that they wear. Mm, I would. God. Okay. Hold still. I'm going to rub this on you. Just put it on his whole fucking body. <laughs> just like fucking spraying dry shampoo <laughs> yep. on him and Febrezing him before they come in. Yeah. Uh- she would go with him to fill meat orders and go to auctions. We told you about him buying the fucked up cheap animals in the last episode, but Lisa said that he gave her some meat from him and it had had a fucking abscess on the leg. Ew. Have you ever seen him pop abscesses on cattle? Yes. Oh my I God. I could watch that all day though. I'm weird like that. It's Dr. Like, Pipple Popper. Vroom. Whoosh. And it's like six inch cut. The one I watched was huge. I was like, damn, is there another one? I want to watch it again. <laughs> yeah. Do you ever watch those videos by Dr. Yes, Pipple Popper? Yes, and I get oh. way too. And then I'll pretend like I'm disgusted at first. I'm like, who are oh. we fucking kidding? Let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> Dave didn't like Lisa at all. He always greeted her by saying, hi, you fucking loser. How are you? And he, Dave was always the domineering one. If he jumped, Willie would say, how high? However, one day, douchebag Dave decided it was a good idea to trip Lisa. And it pissed Willie the fuck off. And he charged at him and kicked him and knocked him on his ass. Dave's, good. Dave just sat there and like stared at him in shock. After a few minutes, they both started laughing their asses off, and this formed a new bond between the pig fuckers. Well, yeah, bullying a fucking girl that's helping you out on your farm is not okay. Stand up, motherfuckers. Well, he didn't want her there. I don't know why he didn't. Why? Because she fucking cleans and does laundry and 
helps out. Yeah, I can't imagine why you'd want that kind of girl around. Well, he would tell her shit like, I'm going to look into you. Because he thought that she was just a gold digger after uh, Willie's pork money. chop Rob's money. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I'm going to look into you. And so um, I guess she went. he went and checked her records and all this other shit. And so then she decided that he was a police informant because he was able to get that information. Like, it was just a whole, a whole big fucking thing. But Willie was fascinated with her. He encouraged her to get her driver's license because she was always talking about how much she loved cars and everything. And then he bought her a red Trans Am at an auction. Oh, okay. They like to sit around and talk about uh, celebrities and tabloids together all the time. Like like they were a couple of little girls. Fucking weird. That is really bizarre. They, like, of all the things I thought Willie might have a conversation about. Not tabloids. No. You wouldn't even think that he would know who the celebrities were. Right? Yeah. He also liked magic shows, and they would go together. And she said that he sat there and giggled like a little like a little kid. Like, ah, like oh, my God. The never-ending hatred, and he's yeah. just over there. Oh, my God. It's just never going to stop. Oh it's never going to so stop. Many. Look at all so those. look at all the colors. <laughs> Um, another one of the Picton's adventures. Yes, please say it so I can make a joke. <laughs> DBD and PCR started cockfighting. <laughs> Crossing swords? No. <laughs> no. Barnyard animals. They weren't going fishing and touching each other's wieners. They weren't noodling. They weren't no. docking. No sword fights. No. No, no, no. They were chicken fighting. They ran the fights in the back of their slaughterhouse. There were dozens of people that came to see said cockfights. Cock I just want to keep saying cockfights. I get excited and can't say the words before because I want to say cockfight. Cock they were held on Sundays and went from anywhere from two to six hours, depending on how long the cocks lasted. <laughs> Sounds like a drunken night with me. Oh, <laughs> savage. The brothers charged an insane. Like <laughs> that's awesome. Sorry, the brothers charged an insane, in, charged insane admission fees and sold majorly marked up booze and cigarettes. They'd buy cartons of cigarettes and sell them for like way more than what they're worth. But the people there would buy them all. They also took a percentage of the bets, so they were rolling in fucking cash like you would not believe. <clears throat> there were always women around. And the guys at the fights always got drunk and horny. But if anybody hit on Lisa, Porkchop Raw would be like, Not this one. Not this one. Hands off, motherfucker. No. Lisa was super fucking into true crime. Minus the whole sleeping with a pig shit serial killer, she was a lot like us. She had tons of true crime books, and she was fascinated by serial killers. Oh, she later admitted that Porkchop Rob reminded her of my boyfriend, Ed Gein. She said that she always thought he was a serial killer, killer, but she never told anyone. She knew he wasn't going to hurt her, so she was never afraid of him. Thanks, Lisa. Yeah, for keeping that info to yourself, because you could have potentially saved dozens of women. At least. Because this was 94, so a few have gone missing by then. There's a good handful. We're in double. Right. Yeah. A, a good chunk. 
An, a nice chunk. Oh, my God. When you say a nice chunk, it reminds oh. me of fucking a ton of women. <laughs> I was going a different way. I was thinking of the chunk of ass and the loads that he dumped. <laughs> anyway, back at the ranch. Ranch hands. Ranch hands. Body farmers. You body farming ranch hands. Pat Casanova was a regular at the cook fights. Slaughtered pigs with Willie and went to downtown Eastside and got sex workers a lot together. Now, Porkchop Rob kept this side of his life very private from Lisa. I'm sure that he harbored some feelings. Oh, yeah. And he had to have. He didn't want her to think that he was... A slime ball. Yeah, doing what he did. In 1994, their older sister, Linda, made them all rich. She sold a bunch of their land for millions of dollars, like two... One part was 2.4, another part was 1.7. Like, it was millions. Because I remember that one parcel that, like, when I was reading, that one parcel was 2.2 million just for that piece. Yeah, and there was, like, three different pieces that they sold, so they all ended up with fucking millions. So now they're fucking millionaires. They she, all said that they lost so much money and all the fees and they weren't rich and blah, blah, but that's a lot of goddamn money. Yeah. A lot. Well, she was the realtor and was able to get amazing amounts of money for the land that they owned. So I'm sure that she took her commission and, you know, whatever, whatever else was left over. But still, even if she made a commission of like $500,000, which she didn't, you're still left with... Well, and she's the part owner because all three of the kids were left with it in that weird mm-hmm. fucked up will that their mom left, which he's old enough to get his part now because he couldn't get his part till he was 40. Mm-hmm. But now he's old enough for his part. So they split it three ways, but still that's like over $5 million split, split three ways. Yeah. I, I'll take it. I know. Like I wouldn't complain because yes, you know, you still got at least one and a half mil. Yeah. At least. And Dave's got two businesses that are making money. He just couldn't manage money. What he the liked, fuck did he spend? He was a show off. He liked, he bought all the booze and he bought all the drugs and he bought cars and boats and just a fucking show off. And Willie acted like he never made a cent in his life. He was still stealing shit. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know why that's so funny to me. In 1995, Dave's demolition... D- d- whoa. Woo. In 1995... <laughs> Dave was demolishing a place called the Boo Pub when he got the bright idea for a new business. Brace Ding. yourself, kids. Hold on to your butts. That's where our light, <laughs> light switch comes bulb. on. Boom. Uh, he decided to steal a bunch of shit that was there to start his own place, and he salvaged anything he could, which is actually pretty clever since he was supposed to be demolishing it. Well, and so he was like, well, fucking idea. So he just starts taking out like walls and bar stools and yeah like whatever decorations even like anything that was there he bought a place that had a metal shed on it and he used it as um it it was used as a like a riding stable and he turned it into a bar so what would have been a place for your tack and your horses has now been converted into a bar yes why not okay he decided to name it Piggy's Palace Good Time Society. Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't That's you? That's the first thing that came to my mind. Piggy's Palace. Yes. It would make sense for me because my nickname is Piggy. 
Oh, so is his, so. That's why that's where it came from, because he's like, people call me Piggy, so let's call it Piggy's Palace. Oh, Wabot. Let's call it Piggy's Palace. I wish it had R's in it. I know. Damn it, Piggy. Damn it, David. You wooed it. You wooed it. You wooed our fun. You know, fun hater. Sucking the fun out of everything. Since Dave was in deep with the Hells Angels, this was a major hangout for them. They had a lot of closed parties there for the Hells Angels. Their bouncer was named Anthony Terazakis, and oh, aka Tony, and he was one of the most feared criminals in the Vancouver area. They Dave, th- sorry, Dave thought he was so cool because he had this guy. He was like, I'm in with one of the most feared criminals. In oh, makes me Vancouver. so cool. Look so at me. cool. Along with my friends, the Hells Angels. Look at you. Look at me. Look at me. That's why he did what he did, because he just thought that he had the status, because he was in with them, and they hang out at his place. Fuck you, Dave. (laughs) Douchebag Dave. (laughs) Fuck you, douchebag. They served Willie's barbecue pork that Pat Casanova roasted at his place. Lisa worked there as a waitress, and she cleaned. Dave was still a dick to her and only paid her 50 bucks to work a 12-hour shift. Fuck you in your mouth with a cactus. Not fucking happening. No, and I wonder, I mean, since she was a waitress and shit, I wonder, hopefully she got good tips, but I wonder if Dave was like, fuck her, don't give her good tips. Because I wouldn't put it past him. He was an asshole. Because when I read or that, I was like, like, well, she gets tips, and I was like, I, I don't maybe know. Maybe she doesn't. Well, and do we really know that anybody got tipped there i mean if it was dave's establishment and these are all his buddies yeah you know what i mean i i don't know who knows um their security guy scott chubb said that there was never less than ten thousand that came in a night yeah they said one night they brought in like forty three thousand. jesus christ they had a killer like fee what is that fee called at the door the cover charge cover charge that's it they had, they had a big cover charge, and I think it kind of varied. But he would get that all in cash and just be carrying around that cash in his pocket because he'd take it out the door. So he'd be walking around with 10 grand in his pocket. That's smart. Very smart. Willie was a partner with him in this new business and decided, Willie decided, <laughs> that this was a new beginning for him and he was hoping to find a girlfriend. Aww. Oh, in Penub in all the <laughs> wrong places. Wookin' Penub. Don't call me Pork Top Wob anymore, okay? It's Bob, Bob. now. Just like at the sales, call me Bob. Bob. Not really, he, I just made that this up. Is, this is like my favorite part. Willie went to the hair club for men and dropped $2,300 on a sweet-ass hair piece. Okay, <laughs> I didn't put this in here, but his hair was down to his shoulders. And it was like a wicked f- fucking comb-over. <laughs> like, he had a fucking skullet. Oh, he so didn't even bad. have the business up front. No. He just had the party in the back. <laughs> yeah, it was all just party. All party. Just shoulder-length, stringy, scary. Like, he actually looks like something from, like, scary stories to tell uh-huh. in the dark. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Shutters. Nope. He also mm-hmm. bought new clothes, took a bath, by God. He was clean for a minute. He never took it off, so it got nasty as fuck, and he ended up throwing it away. So they're talking about the hair piece. Yeah. But they said that was the first time that he ever, they that they couldn't smell pig shit on him. Oh, that's actually kind of sad. It really it's is. It's fucking disgusting. 
but it's sad. It is. But he, he never kept his, he never cleaned it or took it off or anything else. And then it just became dank, dingy, dirty, fucking gross. Like work on cars and leave it on and then not wash it. Yeah. And, like, and fuck that. I guess I'll just throw it away. $2,300 straight down the fucking. Do you know what would help? Disposal. Shampoo. Oh my God. It's even a, a dry thing. kind. <laughs> <laughs> right. And a little Febreze would help you out, too. Right? Around this time, he decided he had outgrown his sweet-ass motorhome. So he decided to buy a mobile home, like a single-wide trailer, and set it up at the back of the farm. Lisa ended up getting back with her husband around this time, and so she had moved out. Uh, They kept in touch, and she had a police scanner at her house, so Willie would call her from time to time to make sure the police weren't planning on a raid or something over at Old Piggy's Palace. But with Lisa gone, Willie was so lonely. He'd been reunited with Gina that we talked about earlier that we were trying to remember. Did you remember her? Wait, Gina do Houston. you remember? Do you remember Gina? We remembered her. <laughs> he didn't remember her. He didn't remember meeting her. Because <laughs> when he met her a few years back, she was just the spotter while he was banging her friend. And she didn't know at the time but now she realized just how much Willie was worth and saw him as a target we're going to keep her in our mind again Sarah Gail Ringwald was a sex worker and a major drug addict she was the mother of an 8 year old and a 6 year old that lived with their father she had started using drugs when she was in her teen she'd been arrested many times for various things and done plenty of jail time her drug habit cost her $200 a day So she had to do lots of work to keep that habit fed. Sad. On the evening of March 22nd, 1997, she enjoyed a nice speedball in an alleyway. About four hours later, between 10 and 11 p.m., a red truck pulled up to her alley. Guess who it was? Um, Pork chop rap. How did you know? Um, Red truck. Oh, okay. Because the motherfucker slunk around those alleyways Mm -hmm. on the reg. All on the rig. He asked her how much for a blowjob, and she said 40 bucks. And he's like, I'll give you $100 if you come with me to the country, and I'll have you back by 1 a.m. She's like, fuck it. All right. She gets in with him to go because she needed the money to get more drugs. When Sandra Gale got into the truck with Willie, she noticed a bra. She asked Willie whose it was, and he said it was just another sex worker that left it in there. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh, because they have so much money that they can just leave their garments laying around. Laying oh, around I, just, I forgot vehicles. that bra. Yeah, no. When they got back to the house, Sandra looked around and noticed the nasty-ass house and dishes everywhere, but there was a butcher knife on the table. Willie listened to his phone messages, which I thought was really fucking weird. Like, they go in, he comes back with a sex worker and just listens to his messages first. I don't know, whatever. He told her that they were going to go to the back room. The bedroom he took her to didn't even have a bed in it, just a sleeping bag on the floor with a thick roll of clear plastic next to it. Yeah, that's not fucking hinky. Warning. (laughs) Woo, woo, woo. (laughs) Willie handed her the $100 he promised her, and they got naked on the sleeping bag. She made him wrap his tool, but instead of the blowjob that he asked for, they banged for like five minutes and got dressed. At least she's being safe. Yeah. Like, in the grand scheme of things, good for you for using protection, Yeah. however. 
She needed to pee and use the phone before she left. He told her she couldn't use the phone because other girls would make long distance calls. She said, fine, I'll use the one at the gas station on my way there. She went into the bathroom, did another speedball. However, she missed the vein and didn't get high. Bummer for her. I didn't even know that was a thing until I just read it. I figured mm-hmm. it didn't matter. Like I don't, I don't uh, know no, why I thought ha- that. You, it's kind of like your pain medication being delivered yes. to you. Same That's thing. exactly what I thought of when I was reading it. I was like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Well, that was a waste of fucking time and energy. She went and asked him to use the phone book so that she could look up the number that she needed and while she was looking through the phone book, she could tell that he was close by. She turned around to see what the hell he was doing, and he grabbed her hand and was, like, caressing her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Before she could do anything about it, he put a handcuff on her. She starts punching, kicking, screaming. He fucking socks her back. Of course. Punches her back. She keeps fighting him, and the fight went into the kitchen. She finally got a hold of a knife and slashed at his neck and his cheek. He was a yet like irate Mm. you fucking bitch so what happens next well he said he yelled her you fucking bitch you got got me me good good. fucking psycho yeah after he covers his neck with a rag he gets a stick and starts swinging at her and she just like starts chucking shit at him plants anything she could get her hands on like fighting for her life now after after this, she couldn't get past him to get out the door. At some point, she blacked out, and when she came to, they were standing outside by his truck. She still had the knife and was swinging at him. At, at, at this point, she's screaming, let me go, let me go. She even told him that she had a family, and I will give you $1,000 if you let me go. Yeah, that the family would pay him $1,000. She clearly didn't know. No, and I don't think oh, a lot of people... Oh, don't you know? Oh, don't you know? He don't need no $1,000 from you. Oh, I've got $4,000 in my pocket. Yeah, right? He finally gets the knife away from her, and he's standing over her, but he was starting to lose consciousness. She was able to get the knife away and get free and started running. She ran to... Oh, God. Ooh, I imploded. She ran to a nearby house, and when they didn't answer, she broke the window and, like on the door and started screaming for help. A car was driving by and stopped, and it was an older couple. Sandra Gale was covered in blood, holding a knife with her guts spilling out. She so, didn't know they were spilling out. So he got her in the fight. like. Yeah, and I wonder when it happened. It didn't really specify when it happened i don't know if it was when she blacked out or if he got her before and she didn't notice or um in the documentary that i watched she got the knife she made the first hits and then um in the documentary now it didn't i don't know if it said it in the book that you're reading but said that he smacked her with a stick but then he got a knife of his own and they were like taking jabs at each other so i don't know how accurate that information is Oh, in the book, unless I understood it wrong, it said that they were kind of switching that knife back and forth. Like, he got it from oh, her at okay. some point and was slashing her, and then she got it back. But So, there's, um, in the documentary, um, it's like the Picton Farm killer mm-hmm. or whatever. The girl, there's a uh, another sex worker from the same location that was friends with Sandra Gale, mm-hmm. said that that gash was, like, from hip bone, like, 
mid tummy, like huge. Holy shit. And that she had like other cuts on her, like little nicks and shit. Yeah. So she's standing there with her fucking gut spilling out of this massive cut. The man said, don't stab us. And Sandra Gale threw the knife and the man helped her into the car. Because he didn't know if she was right. the attacker like, or the uh, attack. He don't like, don't fucking stab us. And she's will, like, no, I'm not you. the stabber. Chuck's Are the you knife. stabby or the stabber? Stabby, stabby, let me in. <laughs> I didn't fucking do this to myself. Help. No. As they started to drive away, she told them that if she dies, the man in the trailer did this. And she pointed at his trailer. Mm -hmm. the woman um, in the car called the police from her cell phone and the police caught up to them. They kind of met. They didn't actually get all the way to the hospital or anything. The people in the car told the police about the man in the trailer that had done this to her and told the police that he had been stabbed too. Mm -hmm. At the hospital, they discovered that she had handcuffs on one hand because they had to take off all of her clothes and put them into um, evidence. And they... um, Found the handcuff while they were doing that. Right. They found a deep cut in her hand from when she grabbed the knife initially to to fight with him. And they thought her lung was punctured and she had two deep stab wounds in her Mm -hmm. abdomen. They were afraid that she was going to bleed out and didn't know if they were going to be able to save her. They were operating on her trying to save her, or while they were operating on her trying to save her, Porkchop Rob was hauled into another trauma room. As they removed his clothes in the hospital, they found a key in his pocket that they turned into the police. They didn't know what it was for. So as they're, like, undressing him, they're like, here, here's this key. See what it goes to. That key just happened to go to the handcuffs that were on Sandra Gill. At this point, the police had no idea if they were both victims or what the fuck was going on. I love that they're being treated at the same hospital, literally fucking rooms from each other. Yeah. Well, it said something about him trying to go to a different hospital, but they didn't have a trauma center, so he had to go to this hospital. (laughs) Whatever, dude. He's probably like, no, no, not that one. I don't want to go there. That gives the pieces to the puzzle. (laughs) Oops. I'm the corner piece you were looking for. Whoopsie-daisy. Sorry. The police questioned the Hell's Angels guy that lived in the house where Gail had broken the glass where she was trying to get help. He didn't get home until 540 that morning, and all of this happened around 2 or 3. So he comes home to police tape, broken glass, and blood splattered everywhere, and getting questioned himself. He's like, I, I fucking don't, don't know. <laughs> what am I? I just got here. Yeah, I was gone. I just got home. The police also recovered the knife sometime around there, but still had no idea what happened. Because they're both out and in surgery. Sandra Gale made it through surgery, and when she came to, she told her side of the story. The cops took the drugs that were on her and gave her back the $100 that Willie had given to her. Her ex that was raising her sons came and took her home with him, and she was put on the methadone program to get cleaned up. Good, because speedballs are fucking... I mean, drugs are dangerous, period, but speedballs are pretty serious shit. Are they? And they said that was, like, her favorite. That was her mm-hmm. go-to. It's Speedball is, like, uh, it, it's speed and heroin loaded into the same thing. So you're taking an upper and a downer at the same time. Oh, God. Uh-huh. It doesn't just cancel itself out? No? No. Oh. That's no good. I've never taken one. I just happened to have run around with somebody that was very partial to these. So. Yeah. No, thank you. Mm-hmm. 
Willie told his brother <laughs> when Dave got to the hospital, he told him that some bitch had stabbed him and he drove himself to the hospital. He ended up with 300 stitches. And woo, that was a good hit. Good for you, girl. It was right across its fucking neck. Is that that's where it was, wasn't it? That's what I understood. Okay, right across the fucking neck. Three hundred stitches. Jesus Christ. He spent three days in the hospital and then went home. Dave hired someone to clean all the blood in Willie's trailer and paid Lisa to come back and take care of him for a week. Willie said it was Sandra that attacked him. He said he was sleeping in his truck, and she knocked on the window, and he asked how much. She said $200, so he said okay, took her back to the trailer. He said she shot herself up, and that he had put $3,400 on the table by the knife. He said she tried to grab the money, and got the knife, stabbed him, and he got... The the only reason that she ended up the way she was is because he was trying to protect himself. Well, yeah, from the little tiny girl that attacked him right because i know that a she was probably a smaller girl if she's on drugs especially speed she's not going to weigh a whole lot Mm-mm. like w- what did you think that little girl was going to do to you <laughs> let's let's be let's be honest clearly she did exactly what she needed to do get fucking the fuck a. good away. for her while he was recovering lisa said he was in a rage he told her to find out where she lived so he could take care of her himself dun, dun, dun. Oh. oh okay <laughs> let that's me just not a red right flag out. what that's not a red flag at all she already thinks he's a serial killer and then he's telling her yeah i, I need you to go do some recon find out where this sex so worker I can take is care of that bitch myself right she told him to let it go like just drop it let it be get over it when she left the farm she didn't get paid shocking on April 8th, 1997, he was charged with attempted murder with unlawful confinement and aggravated assault. He hired a lawyer, said that he paid him $80,000. That's a staggering amount of money. The firm hired a private detective to find out anything they could about her, including where she lived. She was way too afraid of Willie and didn't show up to court, so guess what? Charges, Charges are dropped. dropped. As soon as Lisa left the farm... And the dust settled with Sandra Gale. He called his new friend, Gina. He told her not to judge him by what she was reading. Like, she gave a fuck. Like, so everything that was in the papers. She just wanted him for the money anyway. Yeah, she wasn't going to judge him because she wanted... She didn't give a fuck what he did. She saw that he had a ton of money and knew that she could get it from him. Gina and her two friends were struggling to make it. But when Willie came in to her life, she always had meat in the freezer... and money for groceries well i don't why didn't you rather go hungry than have that meat in your freezer i'm i'm that's just me speculating i well if people are saying that it was an inedible like what's the point of fucking having it Mm -mm. i don't know he was paying her rent and the phone bill and basically being her sugar daddy without the sugar because they didn't bang Mm -hmm. he took her to piggies to parties because he loved having a pretty girl making a like you know on his side, making a fuss about her. Look what I got. Arm candy. Well, because she wanted to make sure he was happy because she wanted his fucking money. Right. She's going to do everything she can. She's not going to fuck anybody else. She's going to be right there for him. Tip for tap. Mm-hmm. Quid pro quo. <laughs> she was a small blonde chick, but what most didn't know is that she had to have her nose fixed because she snorted too much coke back in the day. 
damn deviated septum. <laughs> like, what happens? Is it the inside of your nose or is it the outside? It's up here. Okay. It's, it's inside, but it's up here, like where your cavities are. I didn't know if it was like your nose, like the cartilage, uh, like the thing mm-hmm. that forms your nose, like it'll, your actual nose, or if it's inside. Inside, like up. It'll chew right through that cartilage. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because I didn't know if she was like Voldemort. <laughs> and it had to get a whole new nose, or if it was more inside. <laughs> I didn't didn't know if it was Voldemort. That was a good one. Um, she would tell people they were engaged, and even went by Gina Picton a few times. Yeah. Why? What? what? <laughs> Sorry, I went off on like a thought about. That. I know. I did the I same thing. Even I'm function. Like, why, why would you fucking tell people that? No. Ew. Ew. What they really had was a business arrangement. He would pay for her food and rent and whatever the hell she needed, and she would help him find women and bring them back to the farm. Dun, dun, dun. He needed help because after a stabby stab with Sandra Gale, he was placed on their bad date lists, which is really a thing that they had. Like, I, I would assume so. Like, yeah. if you go out on a date with a John and he slaps you around and does heinous shit, you're going to be like... Not no. that one. Let's not have that money. We don't need money that bad. Um, but she would go in and say that she had a guy out here. He's got lots of money and dope. We talked about the disappearing woman rate, woman, women, disappearing women rate rising earlier. And on April 23rd, 1997, Kelly Little vanished. She was a small little thing about five foot three inches, and she was a transsexual prostitute. Funny thing about her. Interesting. Funny thing about her is that she just happened to know Gina. They spent time in prison together. Gina, who's getting women for Willie. Hmm. One of her regulars was a police officer, and Gina said Kelly got ready and left that day. She thought that she was going to see said police officer, but they never saw her again. There was never any trace of her. Um, that's where we're going to leave you this week. <laughs> Cliffhanger. Um, next week is when the fuckery most, most foul Yeesh. begins. We're going to actually, we're going we're gonna to quit fucking with you and quit giving you the tip. And we're going to start talking about the missing women and what happened to them and how... And that is all. That is all. That is all. You can get your merch, your Color Me Dead merch, at colormedeadpod.threadless.com or redbubble.com backslash people backslash colormedeadpod. If you want one of our gory gal signature bath bombs and much, much more crystals, CBD oil, you can go to thepurplelotusonline.com and use the promo code DEADPOD15. Um, you can check us out on social media. We've got Facebook at Color Me Dead Podcast, the Facebook group, which is the Color Me Dead group, Instagram, Color Me Dead Podcast, and Twitter at Color Me Dead Pod. You can follow Nikki on Instagram at Gory underscore Nikki and at NTune on Twitter. Um, also, we've got... Uh, couple of podcasts a couple of podcasts that we're going to recommend uh for you guys and also a little promo of a show that we would like for you guys to check out but first 
I've been trying to listen to new, more new podcasts, like making time to do that every day. And I listen to Corpus Delecti with Lindsay and Jen. They are super fucking cute with their real southern accents. And <laughs> so they're just so goddamn cute. Um, they're true crime. Go listen to them. They don't say the F word. They, they're like grown they're up. They're proper southern women. Yes. And they have the cutest little voices. To, not little. They're not little kids. But <laughs> <laughs> they have really cute. I keep saying cute. I don't know cute. how else. No, they're really adorable. They and are. They are cute. I love listening to them. Like their voices just make me happy. There's also murder and such. They are like us. They like to F word. They like to call people out on their bullshit. Their true crime. It's with Haley and Hunter. So go check those two out. Fucking amazing. Both of them. Both. Both of them. Uh, we also have a friend, Kate, who does Ignorance Was Bliss. And that, um, that one dropped in February. And I'm waiting for a few more episodes so that I can spend like an entire day doing it. She's also on Facebook and has a group, um, Ignorance Was Bliss. Go check her stuff out. Um, we also have uh, The Oddballs. God, why was it escaping my face? So this is hosted by Reagan and Sarah, and they're a lot like us too. They, you know, potty mouse, but they talk about a lot of different stuff. So they'll do things like... Um, secret societies or surgeries gone wrong or you know they talk about um gosh like they did the friday the 13th special special that was special uh, special so special. special but it was actually a really good episode as well the other one and um oh crap i'm oh crap i'm having a hard time today guys i stayed up way too late so the other one that I wanted to talk about is actually the promo that we're going to hit for you guys. And it's called Good Evening Kitties. And it's uh, by a girl named Alyssa. Your ghostest, you know, your hostess with the mostest. Um, I like how she says it. She calls it the <laughs> ghostest with the mostest. But she does a podcast that is um, strictly Tales from the Crypt. And she has different people that are featured on her show. And she talks about different episodes. It's really quite nice. We're going to let you guys listen to that promo. And um, maybe maybe wash your hairpiece every <laughs> once in a while. <laughs> and stay, stay out, out of chalk, chalk lines. lines. Goodbye. Psst. Hey, you. Do you like the Tales from the Crypt series? Do you like spooky things in general? Then check out the Good Evening Kitties podcast. That's Good Evening Kitties Podcast. G-O-O-D-E-V-E-N-I-N-G-K-I-D-D-I-E-S Podcast. Each week, I'll review a new episode from the TV series, The Tales from the Crypt. Find me on Podbay, Podbean, or iTunes. That's the Good Evening Kitties Podcast. Check it out today.